Okay, Goon Squad, how's it going? Um, so, yeah, last night, um, what I say last night, last early evening, that was a, uh, a, a moment of footballing um, horror that will uh, hopefully not live long in my memory, but, you know, I still have relatively good memory of continuously losing to Bayern Munich and... Uh, all uh, you know those kind of results um so i assume you know this is literally as bad as those um so anyway if if somehow you find yourself listening to this podcast and you have no idea what i'm talking about um last night or last early evening uh, arsenal managed to travel to belarus um and lose one nil to the mighty Bate borisov um so this is a team that has not played for two months um, because of their winter break, I believe. Um, yeah, they're they're. Pre- I was gonna say they're pretty bad. That's probably harsh. Um, but that being said, they did start the game with thirty-seven-year-old Alexander Leb playing for them. Uh, this is a guy who left us about 20 years ago and has played for Birmingham, I think it was, since then. Um, but, I mean, you know, he's literally the same age as me and I, and I struggle getting out of an armchair these days. So, that's good. Um, I think the only positive that I can come up with from this game is that the guy who scored it, his name is Dragon it's not spelt like dragon, the the green, scaly, fire-breathing monster. Um, but nonetheless, I'm going to call him dragon. It's definitely dragon. Um, so, yeah, we conceded a goal to a dragon. Um, <coughs> yeah. So, the... I mean, the, the, the frustrating thing about this is basically we, we have this game, then next week we have the home leg, um, which, you know... Fingers crossed we managed to win that game by more than one goal um, and just get through this. Um, but the reality is, is we have um, we had like five days off in the run-up to this game, I think. I think I read that. Um, I have to try and figure out when we last played Saturday. So yeah, five days seems like a reasonable um, thing. Then we have this game, then we have a week, and then we have the next leg, and then we have like three days, I guess, or two days until three or two days. Sunday, I imagine we'll be playing Southampton, I think it is at home. Um, so when you looked at the squad, the squad was pretty good. Um, you'd have to have suggested that what the plan was was to go out there, spank them, um, come back, field you know, a, a weakened team potentially, um, knowing that it was in the bag, uh, resting big name players so that we can, you know, use them against the mighty Southampton, and that's what we've that's what we've become. Um, however, uh, I mean, I feel sorry for the people who travelled to to this game because they certainly put more effort in than what it appeared the team fancied putting in. Um, it was just you could it, it was one of those things like I mean we started off okay, but you could there was just this vibe of like yeah, we're strolling um it wasn't particularly enjoyable to watch, which seems to be a thing I'm saying quite a lot recently about arsenal um 
I mean, we had some chances. Uh, I think Mkhitaryan squandered a pr- particularly good opportunity. Um, I mean, there were there were a couple of chances, but I mean, the reality is, is um, we had four shots on target for the whole game, um, and they had three. So this is a team that I believe their their entire squad cost uh, two hundred grand. Um, you know. So their entire squad costs m- less than what Ozil gets paid a week, and he wasn't even in the squad. But anyway, I digress. Um, we rocked up there with a strong team, looking to blow him away, uh, and did not achieve that. So I think it's it's reasonable to say that we dominated um, the game, ultimately. I mean, they had 23.4% possession. Um, which shows that they did not have the ball a great deal of the time. But the problem is, when we had the ball, we weren't doing anything with it. Um, we had 12 corners and they had three. So one thing that frustrates me is is short corners. I just do not understand what the point of a short corner is. I mean, I do understand what the point of a short corner is, but I just don't see the value in it. I think get... You know, I, I sit there and I think, I mean, Xhaka must be one of the taller players that we've got. Surely any professional football player who's playing in the Premier League should be able to kick the ball from the corner to in the area. Um, and even if they, you know, I, I think back to when you're like you're a school kid and you're playing football, even if you just punt it in and float it in high, at least just have someone run in and try and nut it in. I, I really think that when we're hitting it into the first man or or doing a short corner and end up just passing it back and forth across the 18-yard uh, box like we seem to like to do, it's like why we have gained zero benefit from that um, from that corner, which should be a ben- it should be a beneficial thing. Um, <laughs> it just it boggles my mind, um, but yeah. So, so we were we were miles ahead on possession. We had we had many more corners, uh, but realistically, we we weren't doing too much. Um, Lacazette had a, a goal ruled out for offside, which I think was offside. Um, yeah, it was just horrifying. Um, there was some some complaints about the referee. I I didn't think that the ref did really anything particularly wrong. Um, I think uh, Lacazette's red card, which he got late on, I think. Um, I think he definitely did get it late on, but um, he he's tweeted since apologising for it. Um, but in a way, and I mean, I think it's it's hard to phrase it right. So, in a way, I kind of like the fact that he was getting so annoyed by how dire we were playing and that he lashed out at some fella but the reality is is that now he's put us in a position where we don't have him for the for the return leg now the only benefit to that is that I think Aubameyang will be able to play as the the striker and and I I think that he is better in that role than he is from coming in uh, coming off the wing so you know silver linings and all that, but I mean we don't really need to be getting our players sent off. Um, it looks a bit lame as well getting a player sent off against a team that you should be beating. It looks like you just haven't, you know, it looks like you've thrown the toys out of the pram, which effectively is what he did do. Um, I yeah, so I basically struggle to blame the referee or the officiating uh, for this for this game. I, I don't think it's anything to do with that. Um, so the subs that we made were we we subbed Xhaka for Torreira, um, Anthony Niles, 
came off for Aubameyang and Kalasnic for Suarez. Um, now, I I've heard like I've 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 watched and read some some post match stuff about uh, about the game, obviously, and uh, people have caught it's it's one of these games where there seems to be some pretty differing opinions. Um, so I watched it, and I certainly didn't think that Suarez did well. Um, it was quite funny when he first got the ball. He like made a little run, and you could see him. He sort of ran at a guy, and this guy from Bata, he just just flattened him. And it wasn't. A, I mean, I don't think it was a foul. It was shoulder to shoulder, and he got absolutely nailed. Now, it, you know, I remember when uh, we first saw Guendouzi, he was getting pushed off the ball, and this and that, left, right, and centre. Now he has definitely got a bit more I don't think he's exactly hulked up but he's obviously just more able to deal with that because he knows it's coming whereas uh, Suarez got absolutely made to look like the 12 year old uh, schoolboy that he does physically appear to be um, in that instance and he didn't really do anything I saw him like messing around with the ball over at the like, sort of at the baseline and at the edge of the pitch not really doing anything that I've considered special um i mean I, I, i'm by no means am i singling him out as being bad because uh you know i don't think I, I don't think i could single him out as being bad um i don't think uh, ainsley had a particularly great game um certainly in my in my whatsapp group there was some uh, criticism of awobi but again i don't think that um awobi did anything particularly bad i think he was one of our more um certainly attack focused players like I think he was trying the thing about Awobi is he tries to make things happen now whether he achieves that or not um, and whether you could criticise or lament his lack of quality in the final sort of movement that's kind of irrelevant like at least he's making some some movement which could end up with a, a final uh, bit of result Um no one else seems to do that. Um, when Aubameyang came on, I don't think he saw the ball, um, which is not really an indictment of him. He, he This is kind of when I was saying that he is better as being a striker, in my opinion, than like I said. I think um, he doesn't, his game is more limited to knocking in goals, um, which is not a bad thing. Like, we could definitely do with someone to knock in goals, but the problem is that he kind of relies on a service of people providing him opportunities to knock in. Um, which is something that it seems that we have fully become unable to achieve. Um, yeah, so that's a, a frustration. Um, Kalazanac as well. I mean, he got subbed, as I said, for Suarez. I, uh, he's, he's a funny guy. Like, he seems to... I mean, our tactics for this game seem to be get it to Kalazanac, get him to run up and cross it in. And then try and tap that in uh it was what what it was seemingly the one dimension of attack that we uh, of of uh tactics that we had um but i mean before in the first like 10 minutes or so maybe uh it was working as a as a route after that however Bate figured it out um we're kind of nixing that in the bud um and we either had no ability or no desire or no second uh, plan to do anything and that was basically what we kept on doing and and they kept on stopping it and it was just like what what is going on um I, you know and Klasnich was coming under a bit of stick uh, I kind of felt a bit sorry for him in that regard because you know I feel like he's doing what he's being told 
I also feel like, you know, we know that he is uh, probably more valuable in attack than he is in defence. Uh, that's harsh. I mean, I think that he can do one or the other, but not both. So when we're asking him to run up and put the crosses in to be our main attacking threat, it seems unrealistic that he's going to be able to also put in a sterling defensive performance. Now, maybe maybe that player exists, but I would argue that Bellerin, when he's playing, he you know, the more he piles on, the less he offers in defence. It seems reasonably sensible unless you're gonna have Superman on the on the sort of in the in the wing back position. So yeah, he came in for some criticism, but I don't think that he was doing anything particularly terrible. Um a bit like uh Ainsley Man and Niles. He he seemed quite wasteful, um but I mean I don't think that he was doing anything. This was the thing. It was it was largely a bad performance by the entire team. Um, I don't think Mkhitaryan really did great, but he's on his way back from uh, injury. Um, I don't think the goalie could be blamed for the goal. I mean, you know, the guy headed it in, it was past him before he could really move. It wasn't really his fault. Um, yeah, it just was a. It was basically just the worst game ever. Um, it's just embarrassing to lose to these guys. I mean, I predicted I think four one. Um, and even after they scored, I thought, oh, we can, you know, Emery can liven things up at um at the half, you know, give the players a rocket, maybe maybe make a couple of changes, do some tactical genius. Do you remember back? But do you remember back only like a quarter of a season ago where he would do changes at half time and we'd win a game? Um, what ha- what has happened? <laughs> um, frustratingly, uh, well, not frustratingly, um, but I found a tweet which had like a a sc- couple of screenshots from a breach. Uh, Bleacher Report um, article about um, Emery when he was the manager of PSG and uh, it was basically them lamenting how they're playing three um, central midfielders with no real attacking edge and getting uh, and losing to I can't remember who they were losing to but someone not rated as highly as PSG Um, and, and if you'd have changed PSG and whatever the other team was with Arsenal and Bate, it basically described what occurred in our game. Um, now, I don't really know how the story went at PSG other than um, he obviously had beef with Neymar and Mbappe. And now, I, I think that that was probably not necessarily with the individual players themselves, but more a case of he was getting told he had to play them even if he didn't think they were doing what they wanted to do. Um <sighs> It's one of those things where, uh, since he's gone, PSG have done all right. <laughs> you may remember them from beating Manchester United the other day. Um, now, I think it's only natural to worry that that perhaps... Uh, I mean, I think the problem is, is that we were sold this, sold this dream that Emery was, like, super analytical. He's gonna, he's, he likes to play... Uh, pressing, attacking football, blah blah blah. Now I I didn't know anything about him. I, I he was a bit out of the sort of left field for me when we hired when we hired him. Um, and plus I don't really watch the French uh, the French league at all. Um, but all all the all the news that we were getting was good stuff. Um, and to start with things, I mean, think that Fulham game that was excellent. We we looked good. We looked like we had a plan. We looked like we had tactics. 
now, in, in like the last couple of games, I mean, I'll give him a pass on Man City because I think many people are going to lose to Man City, particularly Chelsea. Um, but I look at games like Brighton. I look at games like Cardiff, which we won. And I, I struggle to understand what... If he's done loads of analysis, he either must have zero faith in our players' ability to do something against a mediocre team uh, and Huddersfield as well um, The pr- and, and I'm going to reiterate this fact that I've continued to labour over the last couple of podcasts is even these teams the low end teams in the Premiership if you if you give them the feeling that, they, that there's something in the game for them that that's effectively like giving them a 20% boost like I feel like they're going to play above themselves um, because they think oh well, if they're a bit off their game today or whatever, like we've, there's something here for us. And it's almost like we set up, it, you know, if you shut up, I've said it before a million times, so I'm not going to go over it over and over and again. But I kind of feel like we need to go out there and not only think we're going to spank them, but actually start, like, set off like we intend to. What seems to be bizarre is that we, we seem to have a bit more of that sort of uh, attitude towards bigger teams, and then we get a result sometimes. I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I think also, and, I, and I've said this before, it's like how how long until we see any kind of defensive improvement? I mean, don't be wrong. I was a, I was a big fan of Arsene Wenger. I had no beef with him either remaining or staying for the length of his contract or whatever. At the same time, I have no... Uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I was invested in, in either manager. I want the best manager for Arsenal. And I could see... Uh, the reasonably justifiable um, argument that Arsene was probably at the end of where he could impact new and exciting change. Um, you know, he was whatever he was doing, he was doing the same thing and getting the same results, and that wasn't um, the success that obviously people wanted. I mean, it was success to a degree, um, FA Cup, etc. But um, obviously more and more people were like, this is not good enough, we're going backwards. I mean, I I don't think we were really going backwards, I just think we were staying the same and uh, and other teams were going forwards. But now, we're in a situation where I look at what... I look at Manchester United and I think to myself, are we better than Manchester United? Um, I think on a one-to-one level... Uh, I don't know. I don't think that we probably are. Like, I think that we've... I think that uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang are probably better than whichever two strikers you want to choose from United. Um, If you were to say, are they more effective? (laughs) Um, Probably not, (laughs) because they don't have... I mean, this is the thing. I think on a one-to-one basis, I think who gets into... if, If you made a the best 11 out of uh, United and um, Arsenal. That I don't think that's as, as as simple as simple could be. But the thing that I the thing that I feel is that now they've got Solskjaer, um they have a plan. <laughs> you know, whereas we don't seem to have a plan or if if we do have a plan, either the players don't seem confident in it, it doesn't come across as particularly clear on TV 
um, unless it is to like bore the opposition to death, um, whilst presenting numerous opportunities with a rubbish defence. Um, I just struggle to understand how I have. Ha- I just don't understand how I haven't seen an improvement in the defence uh, in ne- in in like over half a season now. Um, also, with the way that with the way Arsenal are, we don't get clear and concise information. It, what it, you know, maybe it's just because I only watch Arsenal stuff. When at the start of the game, the guy asked Emery, "What's going on with Ozil?" He said he's um, he said he's fit on social media. Why isn't he here? And he basically goes, "I just want to sort of focus on the um, the players who are here." Well, that's great, um, but the question still remains. Like, I feel like the no one's really. I don't know whether it's just because he's new and he doesn't. He's not a sort of super strong English speaker yet. That he's getting away with that kind of answer. Like, I I feel like, as a, as a fan and a, a spectator, that it's a reasonable question. Why? You know, why do they expect me to go to the ground, spend 45 quid on a ticket, spend the associated travel costs when a percentage of that money is going to pay for a player who we don't even play when he's fit and available and when we put in a performance like that? I don't, you know, it's like taking your car to a garage, paying more because it's a good garage and then seeing that they're using the uh, the, the sort of Aldi-level tools on your car but they've got like the new snap-on tools all in the back um but it's just kind of they're not using them Uh, and when you say why why aren't you using the good tools on my car and they just go well you know i'd rather we just focus on how effective the tools we are using are i mean because you know let's not let's let's not get things confused whilst stan Kroenke has bought our club we pay we pay for the product that the club is producing um you know he bought a thing we we pay for that thing to do something and at the moment i don't feel like we're getting good value you know i i have to say that i've been to fewer games this season than i think i've ever been to before um because i'm just not enjoying it like i, I the my ability to get good tickets to um to games is typically like your lesser games. That's why I went to Cardiff. That's why I went to Wolves. That's why I've been to like Red Star and these other games like this. You know, and that used to be a good thing. You know, you could go there and watch us spanking a few goals and do this and do that. Whereas now, you go there and you watch us put in a rubbish performance. You you know, it's not enjoyable. You know, how are we rocking... We're not even rocking up to. Cardiff are coming to us and we're, we're huffing and puffing... You know, and don't be wrong. I, I I think Wolves had had a good season, but we did nothing in that game. It was tedium. Um, ah, oh, it just very frustrates me. I I haven't got a lot of money to throw around, and when I throw it around in the direction of Arsenal, and I get to see a load of crap, that annoys me. Um, when I bother to to on Valentine's Day watch a game of football with Arsenal in it, and I my heart bleeds for the people who went out there because I mean I just. How do you justify that expense, having seen that? I mean, it's just staggering. I mean, it just frustrates me that the team don't say anything. Like, I mean, they don't, 
they do say things, the players say things, and and the manager says things, but they don't tell us anything. It, like the the actual information that we receive, you know, they may as well go, oh yeah, we're trying really hard. It's a game of two halves. Um, yeah, we'll we'll promise to try harder next time. Um, yeah, they were a good team. We, you know, and he just think, oh god, like you, could, you know what the, you know what the, you know what the interviews and stuff are gonna be like before they even do it. I, I almost feel like they might as well record a pro, a positive and a negative one beforehand, and then they could get on the plane quicker, and then the TV company could just play whichever one of the canned responses that they wanted after the game, whichever one made more sense. Um. Yeah, I'm going on a bit of a rant here. Anyway, uh, so. Next game is at home to Bate Borisov. Um, no Lacazette because he's suspended. I expect us to win. Um, and I expect us to go through. But, I mean, this is a team that wants to be in the Champions League. We apparently want to be in the Champions League. Tottenham, our biggest rivals, gave Borussia Dortmund the top of the Bundesliga shooing 3-0 the other day. And we lost away to Bate Borisov. That's not four goals worth of difference. That is four goals and a country mile worth of difference. And that's horrifying because they haven't got their best player. Um, or players. Um, and they have options. And they haven't made any big signings. Like We have got, we have got bigger signings than they have got. Um, you know, they don't have two... But they have a hundred million pounds worth of strikers. I mean, obviously it depends on how you value Harry Kane, but they certainly haven't paid a hundred million pounds on strikers like we have. Um, and that's not. I'm not. I don't. I don't blame our ineffectiveness on the strikers because nothing's coming to them, which makes the fact that we have got Mesut Ozil, the assist master, not even on the bench. He's at home. Um, oh. I mean, I assume that everyone listening to this is probably well well averse in like various Arsenal uh, websites, Ars blog, Twitter in general, um, and any sources that you may have. And it, it's it's boring me. It bores me the thought of this whole Ozil thing. And at this point, I I I don't understand like why they don't just say if they just said we're getting rid of Ozil. As soon as we can, he's obviously got a contract. We're just going to sit him until this contract runs out. How can he be worth less? What team is sitting there thinking, well, we'll have to make a good offer for Ozil because, you know, Arsenal really want to hold on to him? We clearly don't. A blind man could see that we want rid of Ozil as much as possible. We can't do anything about it now anyway. So this is the thing. I don't know how we can, like, his value is gone. There is no value. The fact that we are making no use of him and everything like that, it just staggers me. I don't understand. But, but this seems to be like a thing that, that, that at this point where they've already basically devalued those to the absolute maximum, they could they could just say what it is. What is the plan? What is going on here with Ozil? It, it's beyond belief. Um I don't see who it protects. It just frustrates fans because, you know, and, it will, and no doubt it will frustrate Emery. And whether it's Emery's choice or not, 
he's going to be sitting there thinking every single press conference, every single interview, someone is going to ask me about Ozil. Yes, they are going to do that because it is hard for any reasonable person to understand why you would be looking a gift horse in the mouth in terms of you already have this guy who can create an assist. And don't be wrong, like... They could have put him on in this game, and he could have been an absolute donkey. I think we've we've all seen uh, Ozil go missing in games. But if he's there and he goes missing, so did everyone else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no... And, and it's, it's down to him to explain that. Whereas as it stands, he's not been there to be able to be held accountable. Um, you know, there... It's so confusing. I, I mean, I wouldn't even... It doesn't even seem like he's actively downing tools. And if he is, say that he is. Because then the fans will turn upon him and his, his precious like social media views and everything like that that seems to be a big deal to him will, 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 will be impacted by that. Where instead, we're just allowing people like Ainsley Bain and Niles to get pillory, pillared on um, uh, social media... Uh, which I disagree with. I'm not sure that that's the case, though. I think if it was the case, it would be real easy for them to like leak that information. Oh, Ozil's being really bad in the change room, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he is. Um, whenever you see the photos, he's buggering around at training with all the, with all the rest of them. <sighs> anyway, before I give myself a hernia or something of that nature... I'm going to leave that there. Um, if you want to comment or talk to me at all, then Twitter, Goon Squad Pod... Uh, Goon Squad... No, my God, I can't speak. Goon Squad PC. So, uh, at Goon Squad PC. So, the PC stands for podcast. It doesn't make sense because podcast is one word, but there we go. Um, if you want to tell me anything, if you want to say, yeah, this podcast is almost as enjoyable as watching Arsenal versus Bate Borisov. Whatever. It'll be nice to hear from you. Um, Anyway, uh, have a good week, and I'll probably see you again after the next Bate Borisov game with hopefully um, a more sunny disposition and having seen a cohesive and obvious strategy put into play and we've annihilated a bunch of Belarusians um, in North London. Uh, yeah. So I want to say we'll win that game 3-0. <laughs> anyway, um, have a great week. Take it easy. Bye.